Next on BYU Sports Nation, a black and blue weekend in Provo, Utah. Football win, basketball loss. ESPN's Trevor Maddich on the legacy of Taysom Hill and Jamal Williams, plus his college football playoff chaos theory. Not to mention our latest going for two picks and results. Happy Cyber Monday. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation live in Radio Vision, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Monday, November 28th. I hope your credit cards are empty and that you have lots of room to spend money on Cyber Monday. Wherever and however you're dialed in, great to have you with us. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with the man who will find you free shopping as part of your online shopping, Jerem Jordan. I will not. Do not tweet at me. (laughs) (laughs) Please. (laughs) No. Cyber Monday, a continuation of Black Friday, right? But just for the web shoppers. Yeah. Cyber is like a word from the 90s to me. It really is. Cyber! Is there another word? Should it be online Monday? Isn't every day online shopping day? Like, <laughs> it's it's more rare to, like, actually go in the store, right? <laughs> I, I do remember my stepdad being scared in the late 90s, early 2000s to use a credit card online. I was like, this is the wave of the future. You need to come around to this or but you're going to be left behind. my information's out there in cyberspace. Yeah. It's on the in- interwebs. Huh? <laughs> Hey, and we have he a special... He came around, by the way. He came around. We have a special BYU broadcasting deal for you on Cyber Monday. Really? What Free is it? streaming and on-demand video of all BYU TV programs and sports on BYUtv.org. You don't even have to authenticate your TV provider, Spencer? No, you, you don't You just provide an email address, it, I think. Absolutely. It's all free. Wow. And guess what? Look it's look not that. just a Cyber Monday special. It's a that's Cyber a, 365 days a year special. It's a Power 5 kind of... Uh, Thing you proposed there. Wow. Isn't it, though? That's crazy. Isn't it? Mm. <laughs> Independent champs, by the way. That BYU is. They clinched. They clinched by beating even, Utah even State. Even at BYU, hey, hey Independent we did it. Champs. We did it. Champions. Independent champs for we the first time ever. The t- wow. Yeah. Thank you, Notre Dame. For Finally. the first time ever. Finally. The Independent Not a Conference Mythical Championship goes to the BYU Cougars. And here we thought there was an underwhelming nature to, No. It's a championship kind of season, okay? <laughs> Taysom Hill and Jamal Williams go out champs, baby. Oh, fantastic stuff. And on that note, leads off our BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU football beat in-state rival Utah State in Provo on senior night in the black and blue uniforms, 28-10. to 10. It's top of your screen. Hill back to pass. Looks at Kurtz. Throws to Jurgens. The goal line. Touchdown! Taysom Hill to Mitchell Jurgens, big play on third and goal from the 10-yard line to score a touchdown via the pass. Jamal Williams added 131 yards rushing on 18 carries and a touchdown in his final game at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. The Cougars finished the regular season 8-4 and four with four straight wins. They've won 19 straight home games in November, and they await That's a Mountain crazy. West Conference opponent in the Poinsettia Bowl December 21st in San Diego. Taysom Hill left Saturday's game in the fourth quarter after sustaining an injury. He did not return to the game, although he was on the sideline in a sling. After the game, head coach Kalani Sitake addressed Hill's status. Taysom, injury update on him. He hyperextended his elbow. Uh, there's no fracture, um, but 
Uh, we'll, we'll look at MRI and, and uh, get more details of, of his injury on Monday. So uh, that's all I know right now. We are waiting here on Monday to hear official word from BYU football about any update to Hill's status. So he hyperextended that we know. Was there more damage uh, to him that could make it so he misses the bowl game? Is it another season-ending injury for Taysom Hill? Yeah, ligaments, tendons, muscle tears. The MRI results will reveal all of that. Yeah. I can't believe it. It's dumb. It really, I'm, I was I sick. went to the bathroom and came back. I was and sick. And I thought it was a joke and a bad one, and it wasn't. That's just terrible. I hope that Taysom Hill gets the best of whatever he does the rest of his life because of what he's had to go Absolutely. through at BYU. Absolutely. Oh, my goodness. I hope he no makes one millions that. upon millions of dollars. It's very successful. And donate some of it back to the program. <laughs> Whether it's somewhere finding uh, success and, and playing football at, at another level, or he's going to be successful when he, when after, he gets into the finance world. That's a, going to happen. After the elbow injury? Four season-ending injuries. That's, that'd be tough to continue playing football. Mm. He's got a shot because physically he's a beast, but we'll see. Also, uh, not great news. BYU basketball lost 114 <sighs> to 101 against Utah Valley on Saturday at home. Sorry, what? 114-101. Nick Emery had 37 points, and his team lost. Eric Mika added 22 points for the Cougars. BYU will look to get back on track against another in-state opponent, Utah State, Wednesday at 9 Eastern in Salt Lake City. Watch on BYU TV. Listen on BYU Radio. More on this game coming up. Women's volleyball is a 13 seed in the NCAA tournament. And there was much rejoicing. The Cougars host Princeton this Friday in Provo. 9 Eastern time. TV broadcast uh, is still pending. Those details. Head coach Heather Olmstead will join us. Later in the show. Like soccer, volleyball got job. Yeah. Yeah. Final RPI of seven, 27 and three. They're a 13 seed. If you're one through eight and you win the first two, you host all the way. Then you would host all the way through the Elite Eight. Instead, BYU will likely, if they win the first two, have to go to fourth ranked Texas. And Tom Herman will host the Cougars. Maybe that's good news that BYU's potentially lined up to face Texas because that has worked out well for Can the we Cougars Can we send Taysom to that one? Yeah, yeah, maybe we should. Huh? Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. A black and blue weekend. Good and bad. And not much in between for BYU athletics over the weekend. Good, Jerem. BYU football won a fourth straight game. That is good. They finished the regular season 8-4. and four. Bad. Taysom Hill was injured again against Utah State. I can't believe it. Again. Good. BYU women's volleyball will host NCAA tournament games in Provo. That's great. Bad. The seating for the ladies is questionable. Again. Come on! <laughs> good. BYU women's hoops wins the New Mexico Thanksgiving tournament. Okay. Well done, Kalani Purcell and company. Snake. Attaboy, Juddy. Okay, bad. BYU men's basketball stunned by Utah Valley and give up a record number of points at home. You saved the worst for last. Which brings us to our Twitter question. What's the biggest BYU story from this weekend? Okay, lots of options. Uh, use the hashtag BYUSN. At DRoyal03, the finale of what should be a celebrated career for Taysom Hill. Dude balled so hard for this school. Hashtag class act. 
And we await official word from BYU football on the status of Taysom Hill. But the way that that injury looked in real speed, I just, I'd be shocked to see him play in the, in the bowl game. If there's no damage to muscles, ligaments, tendons, and so on, he's got a shot because it's almost a month. But we'll see. I, like, I, I'm with you. I'll be surprised if Taysom Hill plays in the bowl game. But um, with hoops, you wonder, okay, is it losing to Utah Valley? Or is it Taysom Hill? Now, to me, it's Taysom Hill. Okay. And here's why. I'm going to argue against hoops. Okay. The outcry for that loss was just in the moment, right? Yes. But it shouldn't bleed into this week. Here's why. Here's why. The last four seasons, BYU's averaging three of these kind of losses what, like, okay. a season. How, would, how do you table these kind Unexpected, of losses? Unexpected. Okay. 200-plus RPI. Okay. Okay. Kind of loss. Yeah, in Ken Palm's rankings, Utah Valley was in the 300s. That's a terrible loss. In fact, I'm going to say this. Worst loss of the, of the Dave Rose era by opponent and because it was so personal and the way it happened. Worst loss. Okay? And there were records crushed yes. in this game. Yes, but it's November, and it's college basketball. You lose one game, it doesn't matter. In college basketball, it's not college football. You don't lose one game and poof, you're done. It's college hoops. It's just one loss. One win doesn't have a huge resonating effect, right? There's 31 regular and season games. And it's not in conference. Yeah. BYU's bad losses like this have typically come in conference. The last four years, BYU's had two, three, four, three losses in conference to non-Saint Zaga. One loss to Utah Valley in November mattereth not in the big picture. So, Therefore, it's Taysom Hill because it's the end of the line for him. It's Utah State again. And it affects this season. Taysom Hill is the bigger story to me. But the records, Jerem, the oh, records. Oh, the threes and the points <laughs> that bring us to the stat of the day. Yes. It's the BYU <laughs> Sports Nation stat of the day. Listen, I know it's a big deal. I know, because Utah Valley's 114 points are the most ever scored by an opponent in the Marriott Center. That's unbelievable. 18 threes was also a record. Listen, 18 three-pointers. Listen, I know that it's... Uh, it's a bad loss. Mark Pope, the Padawan, beat the master in the dojo. Connor Toulson was on the lo- that Lone Peak team. You don't think he wanted to beat those guys? Isaac Nielsen had 26 points. He's gained Buick 30 pounds. asked him to leave. He's gained 30 pounds, and he was surly. He almost gained as many points as pounds. Holy okay, cow. So that, okay, it's a bad loss, but my point is you can shake that off. I still think this team's going to make the NCAA tournament. What? It's November. It's a, it's a bad loss. I know. But in the big scheme of things, it's going to be okay. It's not like yes. football. Like if football lost to Southern Utah, that's a big deal. Even if Utah Valley tanked, per se, and I don't think they will. They'll, they'll probably they'll win the WAC. They'll compete, if not win the WAC championship, okay? And if there's any consolation in this, we love Mark Pope, okay? He's, he's a good guy. He's, Subtle ploy at wanting to be the next head coach. He may be. <laughs> In like, their own building whenever, at 414? Whenever Dave's done, in 10, 20, 80 years, whatever. <laughs> Dave can coach as long as he wants here. Mark Pope and Utah Valley <laughs> stun BYU with a record number of points. But I agree with Jerem. Okay, and I know that a lot of you think that doesn't happen often on this show. That happens a lot. You just have it, to pay attention. It does. That's true. Our disagreements <laughs> are just very, very notable. <laughs> okay? We make t-shirts. I agree. It's so early. Like, and, and it stings, and the knee-jerk reaction was, what in the world? This team, we thought. Just 
calm down. It can be that day. Couple of, sure, yeah, be yeah, angry yeah. during. But there is so much basketball left to play for this team, and huge opportunities for them against USC and Colorado. And they'll play four games against Gonzaga and St. Mary's. Like this team will respond. There's a name for that, St. Zaga. Thank you. You're welcome. This team will respond. This is a harsh reality check. I'd rather have it happen in November than against Portland after beating Gonzaga. That's exactly my point. This happens not one, not two, but an average of three times a year the last four years. So what's the big deal? It happened again. This is the status quo of BYU, that some of these losses happen. I know it's frustrating, but guess what? It's the first one. What if you avoid them down the stretch because you got scared into defensive submission? BYU has some things to fix on defense. And by the way... Can Nick Emery get a haircut this week? Because BYU was 4-0 pre-haircut, and now 0-2. Should he just trim it up just a tear, just a tad? Okay. To try and change the defensive mojo? That's one because theory. Because they've given up 92-114 and post-Nick Emery haircut. That's one theory, right? <laughs> then again, he scored the ball really well and shot really well with the haircut. That's exactly the attitude that will get you to losses. <laughs> but the offense is fine. What have I said is championship ball? I'm just defending Nick Emery and his haircut. (laughs) No, there's no defense for that haircut. (laughs) I love Nick Emery. I'm just kidding about that stat. That was close to being our stat today, I think. 4-0-2. BYU will bounce back. They'll beat Utah State Wednesday. I think they'll compete with USC Saturday. I'm excited to see this play still. Every game game is compelling. And I'm telling you, the the real, the big story, as much as we've discussed basketball and defended that it's not the biggest story. <laughs> yeah, we've discussed what it isn't. The biggest story is Taysom Hill. Oh, my god. Because goodness. it happened against Utah State again. I can't believe it. In Provo. And on the same side of the field, all three times, no less. That's now, just dumb. Now, Taysom Hill was reckless on this play. And he's been reckless at times in his career for BYU. And, that, and that's where I give credit to him trying to make plays, right? He tries to jump over a guy. I think he thought he was going to land on somebody. He's landed so many times fine. And unfortunately, this is one where it didn't work out. And unfortunately, his career will be defined by the season-ending injuries to a great extent. It shouldn't be. It, should, his, it shouldn't. It shouldn't be. My heart breaks for Taysom Hill because of what he has done for this program, what he's meant to the fans, to BYU Sports Nation. And so I'm going to try my darndest to focus not on the season-ending injuries and what he actually accomplished on the field, which is eight wins against Power 5 teams, eight losses. Almost half of his starts came against Power 5 teams. He's been no the quarterback. quarterback of independence. No quarterback, sad to face kind of No, absolutely. The, the, the greatest rushing quarterback in BYU history. At yeah. a school known yes. for the pass. He was extremely incredible, Incredible. And we'll never forget Texas in 2013, 2014. Those were Taysom Hill's time, right, that we'll remember the most fondly. Absolutely. So uh, Taysom Hill, uh, we wish him the best, whatever the status is with his arm. Uh, But what a fantastic career at BYU, my goodness. Trevor Maddich of ESPN. Uh, wait until you hear his college football playoff chaos theory. He will join us uh, coming up next segment. And where does he put Taysom Hill among the BYU quarterback legends? Our conversation happening right now on Twitter. Use the hashtag BYUSN and join BYU Sports Nation. We are asking, what is the biggest BYU story from this weekend? At SA underscore BYU fan answers this. For sure, the devastating news 
about the Mahe family. Prayers and thoughts are with them today. Hashtag family before football. And we certainly recognize that that is something a lot, if not all, of BYU Sports Nation is focusing on. On what was already an emotional senior night, it was very cool, touching to see the fans come together and the players rally around the Mahe family wearing pink, whether it be on their cleats or ribbons on clothes, just different clothing items throughout the stadium as this family goes through what has been just, I, I can't even imagine the terrible trial that they're uh, facing right now. In the locker room after the game, really cool to see that Jamal Williams presented Reno Mahe with the game ball to show him support for the Mahe family. And uh, an update now on Elsie Mahe from Sunny, her mom, via the GoFundMe account. Quote, The miraculous healing we have been praying for is not for Elsie, but from Elsie. We met this morning with a representative from the hospital organ donation team, and feel confident that this is the Lord's will for Elsie, to be a life-saving miracle for others. It is not the miracle that we wanted, but it is the one we got. It is still a miracle. End quote. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Simulcast on BYU Radio and BYU TV. Our conversation is happening right this very second on Twitter. Follow at BYU Sports Nation. And when you chime in, use the hashtag BYUSN. After further review is on tomorrow night, 7 Eastern. Uh, Bravid, uh, Dave and, Bra- and uh, Blaine will be on tomorrow night, 7 Eastern time, uh, breaking down the Utah State game. And uh, sharing some thoughts about the bowl matchup with a potential Mountain West team. Is it Wyoming? Is it San Diego State? Is it somebody else? We'll find out. It's 7 Eastern tomorrow night after further review. If we're going to combine Brian and David to make them brave, we should combine Dave and Blaine and make them Dane, right? Dane. (laughs) Dane and Braved. This is terrible. (laughs) Our Twitter question today, what is the biggest BYU story from this weekend? Use the hashtag BYUSN. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline for another Maddich Monday is ESPN college football expert Trevor Maddich, national champion as well. Trevor, how was your weekend? It was terrific. There's so much to be thankful for. And uh, and it was just manifest this weekend as well. I just am very grateful to, to to have the blessings that I do, and I give thanks every day. Absolutely, and especially to watch rivalry weekend college football. Speaking of BYU and Utah State, fit into that late on Saturday night. What did you think of BYU's overall performance against the Aggies in that twenty-eight to ten win? I thought it was slow on offense to start. I thought the defense was magnificent all game. And the defense got him going with that, that scoop and score in the first half. And, uh, and it was a typical BYU game this year. They, they have a lot of things going against them from a standpoint of being in the first year of a new systems on both sides of the ball and everything else. But they fought and they scraped and they battled and they finally got the upper hand and they won, they won their eighth game of the year, which is an, a, an astonishing thing. If you would have said coming into the season that they would win eight games in the regular season, I think most people would have, would have taken you down to, to have your head examined. So I, I'm just, they played exceptionally well, and this game was typical of the games that they played this year. The blackout uniforms were awesome uh, with the Royal Blue. That was sweet, and it was sweet to have uh, senior night uh, with Taysom Hill and Jamal Williams. Unfortunately, Taysom Hill gets hurt again, Trevor, 
uh, a little reckless on a hurdle. He hyperextends his elbow. Uh, your thoughts on, unfortunately, Taysom Hill getting hurt again and against Utah State, third time. Again, yeah, that's um, he shouldn't set foot in the city of Logan for the rest of his life, I would think. Uh, it is, you know, it's so unfortunate that he got hurt. Uh, you know, if we take it from the positive standpoint, I'm so glad that he was able to go through to the last last game of the regular season to be able to get in a senior season that was truly remarkable. Because without Taysom Hill, you know, they wouldn't have been able to have this great success that they did this year. And I think he set this new coaching administration off on a terrific path with great momentum. I think that him being injured does just allow the fans once again to put him into an iconic place among BYU quarterbacks, not because of winning championships and things like that, but because of what he gave to the program and what he meant to the program. The injuries that he came back from, most of them would have been um, season, or excuse me, career-ending injuries for a lot of people, especially that Liz Frank injury to his foot. And yet he battled back, and he battled to win the job this year, and there was nothing given to him. He, he earned the job this year. And then he led this team through a minefield of, of a very difficult schedule. And I think fans can look at him now in retrospect to his career as having had one of the most meaningful and impactful careers in BYU history from a standpoint of what he meant to his teammates, what he meant to the program, and what he meant to the fans. You talk about the BYU quarterback greats, and Taysom Hill passed a guy like Jim McMahon in total yards of offense with his performance against Utah State. Where should he rank among all of the BYU quarterbacks? And we're talking about guys that are iconic to this football program. Right. I, you know, in terms of what number I would put him at, I'd have to, I, I don't know that I could do that. What I would say is that for the things that we've just talked about, I would put him in the list with those folks. I mean, the Jim McMahons, the Steve Youngs, the Ty Detmers, et cetera, for different reasons. I mean, Robbie Bosco won a national championship. Ty Detmer won a Heisman Trophy. Jim McMahon elevated BYU to the national stage in the way nobody had done before him. Mark Wilson did that the year before Jim McMahon did it. Uh, Steve Young became an iconic college quarterback who went on to an NFL Hall of Fame career. And so you look at all the success that those guys had on the field, and if you just compare numbers, then you can pull out that number with total yardage and things like that with McMahon. And I, you could do that, and I think that's fair. But at the same time, I think, I think the meaning to the program is more important because of what he's done, especially this year to fight back through those injuries. Because keep this in mind, that BYU's culture is now set. The positive feeling about the program is now set. Recruiting will be much, much easier going forward from this season, in part because of what Taysom Hill brought to this program and because of how he fought back from catastrophic injuries to do his part to deliver that kind of a set-off, send-off, to the underclassmen and to this coaching staff going forward. And I think when you put that all together, you can put him in the group with the top quarterbacks that have ever played at BYU. There was some mediocre quarterback play in 2010 and 11, and BYU and, and even 12, uh, and BYU emerged from that with the greatest dual threat in, in its history. Uh, Jamal Williams, the greatest uh, rusher by yards in BYU history, played his final game. Uh, this season, when you look back at it, uh, Jamal Williams has been the offense. We've joked that it's Jamal fence, but I think that was manifest yet again on Saturday, Trevor. Yeah, and that's another thing, that Jamal 
can be seen the same way as probably the greatest running back in BYU history, certainly among them, but I think he is the greatest running back in BYU history. And it's the same gift he's given now to the program going forward that Taysom Hill has done. Because when you watch him run, he ran with, a, with an angry physicality that would have been well at home in the Big Ten or the SEC. He had a joyful enthusiasm for the game. You put those two things together, and he had a, a huge impact on the culture of this program. This program is tougher going now into the second year next year of the Kalani Sataki regime than it would have been without Jamal Williams. This program has more joy than it would have been without Jamal Williams. And this program is coming off an eight-win season in a, in a season where they were only favored, I believe, in three of their games preseason, three or four. They come off with an eight-win season that sends them with great momentum into the future, again, in part, large part, because of Jamal Williams. And for the same reasons that we can say that Taysom Hill can be counted among the great quarterbacks of BYU history, not just numbers, but impact, I think Jamal Williams has to be counted as one of, if not the, greatest running back in the history of this program. 8-4 and four, BYU now headed to the Poinsettia Bowl as we talk with ESPN's Trevor Maddich, and it would appear the opponent will likely be either San Diego State or Wyoming. I know there's an outside chance that a couple of other programs could sneak in there. But right now, it looks like the Aztecs or the Cowboys. Which game would you prefer for BYU to play out of those two in San Diego? Well, I think Wyoming would probably be the game they're most likely to win. Wyoming's offense is pretty balanced. It's pretty good. They throw the ball better than people give them credit for. They don't throw it much, but when they do, they they get big yards out of it. Uh, And their running game is, is pretty solid. Uh, but their defense can be had with a strong running game, and that's exactly what BYU has. San Diego State, I think, is more balanced all around, and they have Donnell Pumphrey, a running back who is, you know, is in the Heisman Trophy conversation. And the reason San Diego State would be a great opponent for BYU is that people would see if they're able to, to slow down Donnell Pumphrey and beat San Diego State then I think people would see that as even a better quality win than a win over a Wyoming or anybody else that might be there. No disrespect to Wyoming or the rest, but just Pumphrey and San Diego State have gotten a lot of national respect. And, uh, and I think that would be another thing that could, with the win, send them into the offseason with even greater momentum. Yeah, it'd be interesting. That could potentially be BYU's best win on the schedule. So we'll, we'll see. You can argue that. And we'll have like eight months to do that. Uh, let's go uh, wide picture with the uh, college football playoff now. Here we are in the final week. Uh, before the playoff is announced. Uh, who is going to make it, Trevor? What do you think is going to happen? Well, there, there's, uh, there's chalk, and then there's, there's crazy. Okay, okay, who's chalk? Okay, chalk would be Alabama, uh, Alabama, Clemson, Washington, and then either the Big 12 champ or Ohio State. Uh, and so if you say, I, I think there's a better chance for the Big 12 making it if their champ is Oklahoma State than it is Ohio State because Oklahoma, Ohio, excuse me, let me say that again. I got my states all messed up. <laughs> if the Sooners are the champions of the Big 12, the Buckeyes have a head-to-head over them. And they have the same record. Uh, excuse me, the Buckeyes have a better record. If the Oklahoma State Cowboys are the Big 12 champ, then I think there's a better chance for them to, to beat out Ohio State for that fourth spot because they will have that conference championship and Ohio State will not. And uh, there is no head-to-head between the Buckeyes and the Cowboys. So, you know, that, that's where Ohio State will be teetering on the edge of four or five. You don't think uh, the Big Ten champ has a shot to get in here? 
Yeah, well, the Big 12, they, they do. Now, I'm glad you brought that up because this is where tremendous chaos is, right? <laughs> I think if the, Big, if the Big 10 champ is Penn State, then you must put Penn State in ahead of the pecking order, ahead of Ohio State. Mm. Because they beat them head-to-head. Yes. Penn State won the division Ohio State is in. Yes. And Penn State will have won the conference that Ohio State is in should they beat Wisconsin but, in the Big Ten Championship. But Penn State game. has two losses and one to Pitt. Right, but Penn State has all those three things, including the head-to-head over Ohio State. So people that look at Ohio State and say, yeah, but they're a better team than Penn State, I would point to the committee's written, bylaw, written guidelines and say you have to be unequivocally better if you're a non-champ to be elevated over a champion. Mm. And because Ohio State doesn't even have the head-to-head over Penn State, they lost that. I don't know how you could say they're unequivocally better. At the same time, it would, it would just be tremendously damaging to college football. If you took a Penn State that has head-to-head division champ, conference champ over Ohio State, and then sit them down in favor of Ohio State. So if, only one, if Penn State wins it and only one team goes from the Big Ten, then that, that has to be Penn State. They can do Penn State and Ohio State together and then see them whatever way they want. But they cannot do Ohio State and not Penn State. Mm-hmm. Well, Ohio State yeah. has an advantage is that they have got head-to-head over Wisconsin uh, if Wisconsin wins the Big Ten. And they've got a better record than Wisconsin. And they will have beaten more teams that will finish the season ranked in the top ten than Wisconsin. And Wisconsin will have conference championship. And so it will give the committee the opportunity to choose which do they value more. Quality wins plus head-to-head or fewer quality wins, not head-to-head, but conference championship. And that's where Ohio State has a chance to step above. Holy cow. It's interesting. I, I can't wait. And, and Washington is sitting there with kind of a weaker strength of schedule, but only the one loss to, like, the hottest team in America, not named Alabama, USC. So I, I can't wait. There's going to be two or three teams that are going to be upset this week. It's going to be great. Yeah, no, it could be crazy. Now, now let, me, let, let me give you ultimate make your head explode. Okay. Yes. There's a path. It's not likely, but it's, it's possible that the Big Ten could get three teams in the playoffs. <laughs> Michigan sneaks in? Yeah, well, here, here's, here's the path. Now, this is not likely. I'm not saying it's going to happen. So don't pull your Twitter hammies on your thumbs in trying to tweet out that I just said this is going to happen. Your Twitter okay? hammies. Oh, my goodness. Now, this requires that, that Virginia Tech beat Clemson in the ACC championship game, which is not out of the question. Uh, it requires Oklahoma to win the Big 12 and Colorado to win the Big 10. Now, if that happens, the ACC is out. If that and, happens, and then, the Pac-12. Not necessarily, because Colorado will have beaten a team that will finish in the top ten. If, if they beat uh, Washington, Washington will end up in the top ten when it's all said and done, and that will be a top ten win for Colorado, which will bolster their schedule. So them at 11-2, at and two, they have a chance. But here's, here's the scenario where your head explodes, right? Now, let's say that, that – let's just pick it. Say Wisconsin wins the Big Ten. Ohio State and Michigan will have both beaten – the Big Ten champion, and will both have a record equal to or better than the Big Ten champion. Mm-hmm. Oklahoma, Ohio State will have beaten the Big 12 champion, Oklahoma, and will have a better record than Oklahoma. Michigan will have beaten the Pac-12 champ, Colorado, head-to-head, and they will have the same number of losses as Colorado, two losses. So you will have, if this <laughs> happens, you will have Ohio State and Michigan will have beaten the champions of the Big Ten, the Big 12, and the Pac-12. Wow. There will be 4-0 between them, 4-0. 
over the big, over the champions of the Big Ten, Big Twelve, and Pac twelve, four zero, and Ohio State and Michigan individually will have more wins over teams that will finish in the top ten than the champion of the Big Ten, Big Twelve, or Pac twelve. Now that <laughs> is an excuse to elevate Ohio State over the Big Twelve champ Oklahoma, Michigan over the Pac twelve champ Colorado to have three Big Ten teams in the playoff against Alabama now. And they all lose to Alabama. Yeah, they all lose to Alabama. That's right. Chaos, now, is that going to happen? No, no, no I, I doubt it. I, I'd be, I'd be kind of really surprised if that happened. But there is a plausible way for that to happen. And so, people outside of the Big Ten, your head may commence to ache. Yes, uh, in comparison to relativity, <laughs> that that seems very complicated. Yeah, I, no, I love yeah, it. it is. So yeah, so yeah, but much wailing and gnashing of teeth at the possibility. So here's the deal. If as you watch the Big Ten, oh excuse me, the big if you as you watch the, the final games here for Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, if if Oklahoma's winning, if Colorado beats Washington, and if Virginia Tech beats Clemson, if all those three things happen, then it's up to how a dozen or so people in an air conditioned room with catered barbecue and ice cream <laughs> feel about the whole thing. And so boy, that'll be some tension. College Football Chaos Theory presented by Professor Trevor Maddich uh, on Maddich Monday, part of BYU Sports Nation. Great stuff, Trevor. All right. Thanks, guys. Yeah, that's uh, my head hurts. <laughs> thanks, Trevor. I don't mind if your head hurts or if my head hurts. I just want the audience, their head not to hurt until later. Trevor Maddich on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. I how, love that. How are your Twitter hammies? My Twitter hammies and your are thumbs. fine. I used to get Sega. Like, like I'd play NBA Jam or Sonic the Hedgehog or, whatever, Hedgehog or whatever. I would get blisters on my thumbs. Yeah, that used to happen to me with Tecmo Bowl as well. Like but not Tecmo Super Bowl? With the, sorry, Tecmo Super Bowl. With which the, we uh, have in our office. That we do. <laughs> I need I need real Nintendo controllers though because the controllers we have I are know, awful. I know they're cheap. Up next, are going for due predictions. We need to stand in the accountability light. But first, head coach Heather Olmsted has her team back in the tournament. Welcome back, sports friends Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan broadcasting in Radio Vision live on BYU Radio simulcast on BYU TV. Hey, coming up Wednesday night. BYU TV crew, they'll be in Salt Lake City for BYU and Utah State men's basketball as the Cougars look to rebound following that Utah Valley loss Wednesday night, 9 Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. That ends up being a big game for the Cougars in more way than one. It'd already be big with the Aggies. Uh, and after the football game, the next basketball game is against the Aggies again. So it, it's a big night, Wednesday night. Check it out. Refreshing today's BYUSN headlines. BYU football beat the Aggies of Utah State on senior night 28-10. to Jamal Williams led the way with 131 rushing yards and a touchdown on 18 carries in his final game at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Taysom Hill was hurt again against Utah State. Kalani Satake said this after the game. Uh, Taysom Hill hyperextended his elbow. No fracture. MRI on Monday would reveal more. We are waiting to hear more word on uh, Taysom Hill's injury status. Uh, we will let you know as soon as we know. BYU basketball lost 114-101 to against Utah Valley at home on Saturday. Nick Emery had 37 points. Eric Mika added 22 in that loss. BYU and Utah State, as Jaron mentioned, Wednesday 9 Eastern in Salt Lake City on BYU TV and BYU Radio. And women's volleyball is a 13 seed in the NCAA tournament. The Cougars uh, host Princeton Friday night, 9 Eastern. TV broadcast details are pending. Speaking of BYU women's volleyball, 
the head coach, Heather Olmstead, all she's done is go 55 and 7 in her two year coaching career wow. at the helm of BYU women's volleyball. She's bringing her swag and karma to the BYU Sports Nation set. Heather, welcome back. What's up, Heather? Thank you. Thanks for having me. Congrats. Thank on you. Getting into the NCAA tournament. Thank you. What was your immediate reaction to seeing BYU as the overall 13 seed against Princeton uh, last night during the selection show? Yeah, we were thrilled uh, to be in the tournament to be able to represent the West Coast Conference and being that 13 seed. Um, I think it fits us well, and so we were really excited. Before we break down the matchup with Princeton and the postseason and everything, have you taken a moment to kind of say, hey, that regular season was pretty good, 27-3 and WCC champs? Yeah, actually we sat down after practice on Saturday as a team and talked about some of our favorite moments of the season just to, just to enjoy it because that last road trip was, was kind of long and we had so many great moments in those last three matches. Um, and so we just talked about some of our favorite moments and it was a really neat experience for our team to be able to just reflect on that. Good, was- because a lot of times in athletics you just push forward, 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 forward. It's nice to just take time and enjoy, especially on Thanksgiving weekend. Yeah. Hey, we, we did something great, so I'm glad you guys did that. Yeah. That's good. What is it about this team? Down two sets to none, on the road. It happened against Ohio State. It happened recently against LMU, where you're able to battle back, not in your home gym, and win. Yeah, I think this, this team just never gives up. They battle. I, that's one thing I always know is going to happen. They're going to come out and compete with energy. And you, we may not be playing our best or well, but they're never going to give up. And so if a team slips up, we're going to be there. And so that, that was the case you know, against LMU. And I'm super happy for them to just grind it out. And um, it was just a neat, awesome experience. So we look at the 13 seed, and we immediately get skeptical because, because we looked at women's soccer and we said, hey, wait a minute. Uh, what happened there? You're a 7 RPI, 27-3 WCC champs. 13 seed, about fair for your team? Yeah, we like where we're at. We think uh, we, we've done a great job this season. The girls have uh, you know, done a fantastic job uh, in conference, out of conference wins, and um, we feel like we're in a good spot. I'm thrilled to be hosting you know, Princeton Friday, take it one match at a time. Uh, excited that Cougar Nation gets to see us play again at home, and I think that's a great thing for our team. How much have you learned about the Princeton Tigers since you found out you were matched up with them last night? Yeah, we, uh, you know, we spent some time on the internet last night. Uh, you know, I, I know they're coached um, very well. Uh, Sabrina King is their head coach. Uh, she does a fantastic job. A little familiar with them. We played in 12. We flew out and played them in, on the East Coast in 2012. They've got the player of the year. They've got the freshman of the year on their team. They won their, their Ivy League conference. Um, they only have four losses, only one in conference. So they're, they're a battle-tested team. They'll be ready, I think, to play us Friday. Of course, the looming potential second-round matchup, and you mentioned uh, take it one game at a time, but you've already played the two teams you could match up in the second round with, and one of those is Utah. The other is UNLV. Your thoughts on the second round? Yeah, I think it's, it's, we're familiar with both opponents, UNLV and Utah. I think it's, it's awesome to have two teams from the state of Utah being able to play uh, in, in a first- and second-round opportunity, and so I think it's good for the sport, and it's going to be exciting, you know, all those, the two matches on Friday and then the match on Saturday. I'll say it for you. Second, the second round would be awesome with Utah. <laughs> <laughs> Utah in the NCAA tournament? Well, wow. there is wow. there there is a lot there. But, uh, you know, a coach will always we, focus on the you, opponent ahead. You have to take one game at a time. We do not. So I'm really looking forward to a potential BYU win and second round matchup. <laughs> <laughs> what does it mean to be able to host for a second consecutive year the NCAA tournament in Provo? Yeah, I think the credit goes to the team. Um, they've just battled all year. And, you know, it's never our intentions or our goal. Hey, let's host. It's it's let's, let's be the best we can be. Let's go out and, and do what we know we're capable of. And then good things happen. So I think... I think it's a credit to them keeping their head down, grinding away, and, and then good things happen from that. Winning the conference, being able to host, I mean, it's just, it just shows the credit how hard those girls have worked. 
I thought this was a really good coaching job by you this year. You lost a first-team All-American. You put in a new setter, a new libero. You had a new freshman in McKenna Miller as your leading hitter. What did it take for this team to get from uh, square one to where they are now? Um, a lot of hard work. We've got great senior leadership with Amy Boswell, Whitney Young Howard, McKenna Santiago, Hannah Robinson. They just they really led this team. And then the freshmen, um, sprinkled with sophomores and juniors, really stepped up and really took it one match at a time. And they just have this um, this great chemistry. They love each other. Um, they play for each other. It's evident every time we step on the court. They're just a great group to coach. I feel really lucky. So. Just super blessed to be around them every day. And they were well coached, Spencer, well. Thank as well. you. That, 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 I appreciate that it. <laughs> we have a great staff. Dave Height and Johnny Neely and Chelsea Nita have, have been fantastic. So our staff mixed with those players, I think, is a great combo. Last year, BYU was the team that was picked as the overwhelming favorite to win the conference. You did. This year, San Diego had the target on their back. So winning the conference outright back-to-back years, but this time not as the team picked to win it, does that have or carry any added significance for you? I think it's, um, you know, we knew we were a little bit of the underdogs, and so I think it does make it a little bit more incredible what this team was able to do, um, not being the favorites and and kind of having that chip on our shoulder, being able to win the conference outright. Um, I think it just shows where this program's headed and where we've come from and just the future and and that we're we're contenders. We want to win conference titles. We want... We want to win a national championship, and I think it speaks a lot to the kids that come to our program, recruits that want to come, and uh, we're serious about volleyball at BYU. All right, Heather. Amen to that. Let's let's give you some BYU Sports Nation karma. Let's do our part for the NCAA tournament and uh, get BYU as the 13th seed past Princeton and then past whoever they face in the second round. Bring on the youth. (laughs) Let's go. Thank you, guys. <laughs> uh, congratulations again, Heather, on uh, great six. 55 and 7. That's, that's pretty amazing. That's awesome. Thank you, guys. Yeah. Appreciate it. You're welcome. Okay, coming up on BYU Sports Nation, what is the biggest BYU story from the weekend? Maybe it's BYU women's volleyball getting that 13th seed and hosting again as they pursue a fifth straight Sweet 16 trip. The coach is there. She's got Princeton first. I know. I and know. And then Utah. Up next are going for two predictions. Stay with us. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Hanging out in Studio B, Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan doing it live. Remember, if you miss an episode of this show live, the rebroadcast is on the television weeknights on BYU TV starting at 6 p.m. Eastern. And tomorrow night at 7 Eastern, Braved and Dane will break down the Utah State game. That is Dave Blaine, Brian Davis. (laughs) 7 Eastern at Further Revia Sports. (laughs) Oh, yes. It's uh, it's Braved Nogan and Dane McCowler. McCowler <laughs> from Ireland. So good. Our Twitter question today. What McFowler's is the... better, actually. McFowler? Yeah, Dane well, McFowler. You just do it. Yeah. Just sure, do it. sure. Yeah. Twitter question today. What is the <laughs> biggest BYU story from this weekend? Jerem, I think clearly it's what happened with our going for two predictions over the weekend. Can you predict the future? These guys think they can. We're going for two on BYU Sports Nation. It's time to stand in the light of our going for two predictions, whether validating or condemning. After the weekend, I have bumped my record to 16 and 16 overall, back to 500. It's good to be at that level. Starting with this, I said number one. BYU football will hold Utah State to under 125 yards rushing. The Aggies came in averaging 177, 
and the Cougars did it. 97 yards rushing for Utah State. They had 99 at halftime, went negative two in the second half. Yeah, that's pretty good defense by BYU. What's up with that? Holy cow. (laughs) Thank you to the BYU football defense. Number two, I said BYU basketball will score 90 or more against Utah Valley. Swish! Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, there was a lot of that going on. The Wolverines average uh, giving up 75 a game. BYU scored 101. But they gave up 114. I didn't think they would score 90-plus in a loss, but that's how it worked out. I said BYU hoops will beat Utah Valley by 21-plus. <laughs> BYU lost by 13. <laughs> <laughs> that button's broken, apparently. And Tanner Mangum will complete four-plus passes versus Utah State. Tanner Mangum got in the game with 10 minutes to go. I thought, oh, for sure, Jerem's going to get this one. He threw one pass, and it was a touchdown. Quarterback rating of 472. That's nuclear. <laughs> but then they didn't. He threw another pass, but there was a pass interference. I said complete. So I went 0 for 2. So you're now plus 5 picks on me. I don't. I think that. Uh, what? I, I think that. <laughs> I'm toast, man. The buzzer for the wrong answer is purposely broken I, today I because think, they, f- they feel bad for you. I think we had a rights. Quote it like you can only play it like 98 times or whatever. <laughs> and we played it last week for the last time. We're accentuating the positive here, right, Jerem? Really? Yeah. We've been talking about UVU <sighs> loss and Taysom Mills injury today. No, no. We're talking about BYU football getting to 8-4, and four, winning four straight. That's an afterthought. Going to the Poinsettia Bowl. Jamal Williams We knew awesome the Poinsettia Bowl. We knew that already. Tanner Mangum had a quarterback well, we, rating of 472. We didn't know that. <laughs> I should have said... I should have said Tanner Mang will have a quarterback rating above 300. BYU didn't lose this game in February to a conference opponent. They should beat. It was a non-conference The in timing was different. It yeah. was different wrapping paper, but it was the same stinky gift. <laughs> Up next, the Cougar Whip Around has anything and everything you want Where's or might Febreze? not want. Where's the Febreze? BYU Sports Nation presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. BYU beat Utah State in Provo on senior night, twenty-eight to ten. We are farmers. Bump it up, bump, 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 bump. Jamal Williams had eighteen carries for one hundred thirty-one yards and a touchdown in his final game at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. The Cougars finished the regular season eight and four, including four straight wins, and await a Mountain West Conference opponent in the Poinsettia Bowl. We think it's going to be San Diego State or Wyoming. That game in San Diego on December 21st. Taysom Mill was hurt again against Utah State, hyperextending his elbow. Uh, further details as to any other damage, if any, is still pending by BYU. Men's basketball. The Cougars lost 114-101. to Is this an NBA game? To Utah Valley at home on Saturday. Nick Emery had 37 points. Eric Mika added 22 in that loss. The most points the Cougars have ever given up. In the Marriott Center, as well as three-pointers, 18. BYU will play another in-state foe, Utah State, Wednesday at 9 Eastern in Salt Lake City. Watch on BYU TV. Listen on BYU Radio. Volleyball. The women's team's the 13th seed in the NCAA tournament. The Cougars host Princeton, yes. Friday at 9 Eastern. TV broadcast details are pending. Head coach Heather Olmstead came in studio and told us she's thinking at one game at a time, even though Utah could be the second-round team. Oh, man. Jimmer! Fredette! Scored 39 points. Oh, below his average. <laughs> <laughs> By one. Had nine rebounds and five assists yesterday for the Shanghai Sharks. That's ridiculous. 
Cougars in the NFL. I agree. He needs to average uh, 40. Daniel Sorensen had two tackles for the Chiefs. Kyle Vano had a pair of tackles for the Patriots. And Dennis Pitt had three catches for 34 yards for the Ravens. Smells like updog. Cougars overseas. Not going to get me. <laughs> Tyler Haas had nine points in his last game in Poland for Anvil Wojciechowicz. And Chase Fisher scored 25 points for his team in Italy. Juventus Cafati. Yes. Cougars in the association. In the NBA D-League, Kyle Collinsworth had nine points and seven rebounds and a win for the Tejas Legends Saturday. Baseball. BYU took game one 12-1 in a three-game set against the Curaçao national team. The following two games were both rained out on Friday and Saturday, so it was basically just a, a one-game sweet vacation, right? <laughs> Women's basketball. It's every day for us on the show. BYU <laughs> won the UNM Thanksgiving tournament by beating St. Joseph's and Tulsa and Albuquerque. Christine Nielsen was the tournament MVP. Kalani Purcell was also on the all-tournament team. Cross-country. Rory Linkletter finished sixth at the Canadian Cross-Country Nationals and will compete in the World Championships in Uganda next March. Congratulations, Rory. Hey, future guests, Blaine Fowler, Steve Cleveland, break down uh, BYU football and BYU hoops coming up this week. Yeah, I'm interested to hear what uh, President Coach Cleve has yeah. to say about BYU giving up 114. Like, what what does he think happened? And what does Dane McFowler think? We yeah. just tweeted out a uh, combo pick. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's lovely. You want to you want to look at it? Pretty awesome, right? Check it out on Twitter at the, BYU Sports. The one Sports. that was tweeted out on Saturday night, early Sunday morning, a fan was, did was it. also yeah. fantastic. Dane, yeah. Very very Dane, nice. Hey, done. Dane will get you, Dane McFowler. <laughs> He'll get you. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help when you need it most. DexterLaw.com. I want to give it to Taysom Hill. We're going to have more elongated discussions about his legacy here. But thanks for everything he gave to the program. I thought our uh, good friend, former BYU football player Ben Criddle, had uh, a nice comparison. He said, to me, Taysom Hill is the Bo Jackson of BYU football. Just yeah. raw I like, athleticism. I like that. Never really saw talent. what he could do. Exactly. But like injuries kind of marred his ultimate potential. Yeah. But an incredible, incredible athlete. Yeah. Did so we'll, many good things. Yes. We'll to have win. a longer discussion about yes. this another day. Yes. Our Twitter question today What's the biggest BYU story from this weekend? Elite tweet of the day at JNL21 says Mo Longy. He's 400 the pounds. Biggest BYU story. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Thanks to Trevor Manich, Heather Olmstead. It's been a while since Mo's been on the and show. everyone on our crew. He gets back next year. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter. Show on demand, BYUSN.com. Download the podcast on iTunes and the TuneIn app. For Jerem, I'm Spencer. Shout out to Ray Neal. BYU Sports Station, back to work tomorrow at noon Eastern. It's snowing in Bravo!